Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. We went to LA about two, two months ago and we, we got up, we, we were ready doing, ready doing the show. First of all, it was a a totally Hispanic crowd, and all of them were young. Like 18, 19, 19 in that era right that there. Era. We came out during the show, we were just wondering how we're going to attack Lord, these kids. I hope they know this yeah. stuff. You know, and uh, they knew every, every song. Word, we yes. just we just put the money. Yeah. We didn't even if we we started out singing, and they were over they were over singing us, and I was like, what? And so when I stuck the mic out, they went berserk, and they knew the whole they knew all the lyrics to every song that we sang. <laughs> wow, that's that must have blown blown you guys away. Yeah, we we looked at each other and said. Well, it was an amazing. We gotta work like this. Another thing that I have to say that was amazing to me was that um, this guy that that is a teacher called Caven and I, and he said, "I want you guys to come down to the school." Uh, He says, "I teach first graders, and um, we're having each grade in this school is a magnet school." So he was like, "Each grade has put together." in musical productions for their grade. And um, my uh, first graders chose Don't Stop the Music. And I would like for you to come, you guys to come and and and, and hear them and cheer them on. <clears throat> Kevin and I went and we sat in that audience and from the moment they started singing and dancing that song, we cried. Mm-hmm. It was amazing how those six-year-olds Sang Don't Stop the Music and did their own production and dance to it. Hmm. That was a moment in time that I don't think I would ever forget. Yeah, those. <laughs> How long ago was that? I'm sorry. Music was different. That, that was, was about two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Music was different, but you know, and accepted different back in the day. So, so I look at things now and I go, oh, I know it. I know this was, you know, and and it's and it's and it's not as emotionally moving as it just. You know, that's a you know, Caden. He said it better than I've heard it in a long time. 
They ask what's the difference in today's music and music from our generation. I think ours was more charged with emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ours was more, um, our generation was more closer to the heart. Dodge worker, look, look at you had Luther Vandross, Whitney Houston. You had, I mean, all these crooners. All and, these crooners that came through. And yeah. they just touch people's heart. You got Jeffrey Osborne, you know, you got all these people that touch and they knew how to sing and touch the heart when they did it. Now you got them where they just make you dance. And you have and, the Marvin Gaye era. Yeah, exactly. And you get a chant going on. It's all about the, the beat, the boogie and, and, the, make you dance and the beat and you now. But see, it used to be where a certain court change. Yeah, you, the court progressions themselves mess with your emotions. Not only in R&B, in rock and roll, in everything. Every it's, pop, it, every it which way they had. Snakes' way. Songs that mess with your emotions. Right. Yeah, connected that way. I, I just had an interesting conversation with a musical friend earlier today because there's a documentary coming out on Millie Vanilli, that whole scandal. You remember uh, with them where they didn't really do the music and all that and they got the Grammy. No. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying that, you know, back then it seemed so shocking, but nowadays it doesn't even seem that shocking to me because of how music's got him where it's all about presentation and production and yeah. having, you know, the creativity and the musicality has taken a back seat. So it's unfortunate, you know, for those of us that really know what it can be, you know? Right. right. Absolutely. Um, that was, I, again, the thing that drew me to Gladys Knight was that I could feel her soul through the songs. There's a song that she did on this movie, The Family That Prays. It was a Tyler Perry movie. It actually, um, I think it was a country song before she sang it. Um, I think Dolly Parton might have done it. Um, But uh, I Hope You Dance is the name of the song. One day when you get a chance, pull up I Hope You Dance by Gladys Knight. this was this has been out for like a year or so, I think. Maybe the family that prays. Maybe a little longer. Sounds but, like a little bit what E. Houston did with "I Will Always Love You." That was a Dolly Parton song, and she exactly, yeah. exactly. And it shows you. It shows me the way that music is so universal that it can affect so many different people, different types of people. The same music. You there's, know, there's people who don't even know or have never thought about a slice stone. Yet, every time everyday people comes up, thank you. Different strokes, yeah, different. different. It's just something. It does something to you. It, it it's it it's effect, It affects every. Yeah, we walk on a stick. We walked up on a stage and and they had a band playing and they just wanted us to do something and we were scared they was gonna mess up, don't stop the music. So we <laughs> we found something else to do and walked up on that stage and started doing thank you for letting me be myself and the crowd lost it. Yeah, those never get old. Um I'm curious, so did either of you ever meet Two of the idols you mentioned. Did you ever meet Gladys Knight? And have you ever met Stevie yes. Wonder? Yes, definitely. 
Yes, um, and she was just a rose in a garden, the most beautiful soul that, that you you can ever think. As a matter of fact, you know. when we met her, I think you made a commit to singing "Happy Birthday." She to called my daddy. My daddy, listen. My daddy was born in 1897. My daddy was the reason that I had a chance to hear Gladys Knight because he would listen to the Soul channels for me. <laughs> anyway, uh, his birthday was coming, and I asked Gladys to sing, call him and sing "Midnight Train to Georgia." That was his favorite song, and she made my daddy cry. But she she called from an airport. And saying happy birthday to my dad. Wow. Nice lady. I love her. Uh, have you met Stevie? Oh, absolutely. Oh, Stevie. <laughs> I couldn't stop till I met Stevie. Stevie said, where that boy to sing that part, that line like that? Come <laughs> <laughs> saying that line. Come saying that Come line. Come that line, boy. And then one day we, we, we went to see him in concert and we went backstage. And when Caven walked in the in the room, he was sitting at his keyboard and Caven started singing. He said, that is boys again. Come on over and play that. And so we started playing it. We did three-handed Don't Stop the Music. Caven playing bass on one hand, Stevie playing something, and I'm playing something else on the same keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, we he, we met him. He's been very pleasant. Awesome. My, my my whole life, I can just say, you know, because I sneaked in <clears throat> in the theater down and saw him rehearsing. I couldn't figure out how he did that. Hmm. He is uh -huh. just as amazing in person as he is on the records. He really is. Yeah, I shot hooky that day. I gotta and, say on that on that um, guilty record, yeah. one track, "Let the Music Play On," I think should have been a hit. Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, that was so totally too. overlooked. Yeah, I think we so did too. that while we were. But again, up. if Lonnie didn't produce it, he didn't put no money behind it. It was like, well, what are we supposed to do with it? Because he wasn't giving us money either. <laughs> but we kept writing them. We kept putting them out. And just hoping that people would, would love them enough to, to buy them. Those are the kind of songs I was telling you about a few minutes ago when I said there's a lot of stuff that got left in the editing room. Yeah. Well, people definitely need to go back uh, for tracks like that. Are there one or two other uh, gems you feel like were overlooked in your guys' catalog that you think people should go back and really give a closer listen? Yeah. Like, come to me. The ballad come to me. Lonnie didn't want any ballads released. Thought you had to just release it. It had to be a dance song. And so any of our ballads were just completely overlooked. Um, and that was sad. Hmm. Would you still mix them into your life set though? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll go to those to a place on you in our lives. Now that's what we kind of like to do our gigs like where we can go where we want to go. And that's where we do a lot of our songs that we do like like Endless Love. That should have been the wedding song of the year. 
Oh, innermost feelings. Innermost feelings. Uh, did you okay. re- did you hear that one? There was a guy, Kenny Rich, that brought that song, Caven, and said, Caven, I hear you singing that song. That was one that that they let me play the key, the piano on, and Caven sang. And I just kind of did background with him on that one. That song is close to our heart. And he would Lonnie wouldn't uh, do anything with that as well. That is an amazing song. Innermost feeling. Mm-hmm. Just, just so people know though, after 86, you know, you guys didn't put out more records. Um, what was happening in your world at that point? 86, we were trying to like in the late 80s, you know, what yeah, happened? We were beginning to try to figure out what else can we do? Because again, um, our bubble was busted. Um, we we were starting not to believe anymore. And every avenue that we were trying to take to get out, Ronnie thwarted it. He made it where it was not, it just, you know, he would he would make the statement, I've got money put aside for, for things like this here. So you don't want to do this. And uh, so it, it there was a lot of decisions that had to be made. Um, and survival, still trying to survive. Didn't want to come home and feel like we were failures. So when you're out there on the road, um, what are one or two of the most unforgettable experiences you've had performing for folks? I mean, you mentioned that recent experience, which sounded amazing. But let's say uh, back when, you know, you were at peak popularity, what was maybe a show that just stands out to you for some reason? Two shows. One for me is Houston, Texas. Big D. Is that a great? Yeah. Where did you almost fall off the stage? Radio City. Thank you. (laughs) The Radio City, you know. You ever been there? I'm familiar with it. I've not been inside it. Oh my God! It is a humongous. It's the it's the whole thing is stage, sort of, and it uh, and as many acts you have on, they just drop a stage, drop a stage to get to the next act instead of having to set up the reset up the stage every time. And uh, they gave you. They told you not to go any further than a yeah. certain spot. Don't then, don't go any further. Then they stuck a spotlight in your eye, and you couldn't see how far you were going out. And he almost walked off the stage into that big pit. Actually, Kirk Franklin did. It's the same thing that Kirk did that time. And but he he got spared because there was a um, there was a, a monitor. I right there, he grabbed that monitor, and it stopped him from falling off. But wow, was that an experience! But that was also one of the best shows that that we had. Houston, as you spoke. Houston, of. Texas was amazing. It was when we left the stage, and and and, and you know Charlie Wilson and the Gap Band, they had electrifying performances as well. I mean, just electrifying the audience. But when we left that stage in Houston and we were saying, all right, y'all, y'all ready for the gap band? 
They were like, no, y'all broke and peoples. I almost fell out. That was one of was one flooding. amazing moment. Yes. It was flooding. It was flooding and it was a sold out building. 18,000 with the building. Yes. Well, wow. those were a couple of. Well, I was wondering if you had a little bit of a friendly rivalry with the Gap Band because I got to share with people if they don't know that you know your tune actually knocked burn rubber out of the top spot yeah it did it did did not with us but it did happen and we could tell i'm gonna say like the kids said it was acting funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah they did listen they did get a little uh, funny acting a little bit um but it was like lonnie was saying Man, this is the people talking. This is not me talking. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That's really cool. So, what project are you guys the most proud of, do you think? From that era? Yeah. Which one of those projects? I think it's the the the, the album that has feels so good on it. Because we were allowed to do a yeah. lot more producing on that album. Yeah. It feels so good, Eric. Yeah. I think you said 84 or something like that. That was for us, I think, the best time, even though it didn't get as promoted as the re- as as the first record. As a matter of fact, Lonnie didn't okay, the record came out in November of nineteen eighty. That's when they released it. It didn't show up on the charts until starting January of 81. Lonnie and them didn't put money, didn't even start putting money behind Don't Stop the Music until it started, until Frankie Crocker broke it on BLS in, in New York. It went. And when Frankie broke it and it started taking off, Lonnie said, "Let's get this. Let's get this record. It's taking off on its own." And that's when he did it. He didn't really expect us to hit like that. He didn't like have that. time for it. Yeah. So that yeah, that that made him have to. He had to. He couldn't. He couldn't do his concentration both ways. <laughs> and he was a small company. So uh, when Don't Stop the Music, he had to drop what he was doing with the Gap Band and hit get that real fast. And that made us go past them. I saw you guys did uh, some singles in 2013 and 2015. Uh, they were strong. I thought they were really good. You know, thank uh, you, thank you. Yeah, what? The what, gospel. Yeah, those. Uh, I don't have the titles here. I forgot what the what the titles were, but that's when they were out 2013, 2015. Well, pleasure zone and uh, pleasure zone. I mean, and then yeah. a, a gospel song called "I'm in, I'm all the way in." Yeah, they were strong. I mean, they sounded as good as a major record recording to me. You know, um, thank you, thank you. We so, just needed a little bit more off and a little bit more something behind it. Oh, we need, we need, we need a way to release this for what we have right here. That we got a whole another CD here ready to go. That is amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and another thing I have to say it's is gotta that, be put out different. Put out. We're 
when it comes out, it needs to come out with something behind a hooker or something yeah. that has to really hook or something. They gotta be calling me old or something. It's gotta be hooker that's gotta be in that. Well, you, you know something else that we've had a chance to do. I know the time is going on here, but I, I would like to say this. Um, we wanted to be able to run the gamut of of the entertainment spectrum, uh, the whole gap, the whole thing. And we were blessed to be able to come in and, and start out doing clubs, um, get that, get that under our belt. Um, and then we ended up making records. We ended up doing a whole lot of television shows and whatever. And then we ended up doing amazing plays like this, this play Blind Lemon Blues. Uh, we did it off Broadway. Um, we had amazing actors like Obababa Tunde to to give us, you know, to 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 give us pointers on how to act because we had no idea really how to act. We had uh, King Baba Tunde who was uh, actually the director, and we had Liz Michael uh, who had been in mo many movies and. They were they were actually coaching us with what we were doing, and we ended up. That was an amazing adventure with that play. We had and we, well, let's just say those plays because we had just as much exposure with with uh, Phyllis Hyman, Billy Preston. Yeah, Rod, Katie Rod, was in a movie. I mean, in a play called Blues Bar. I was just a little sad thing, but you were actually in it. Uh, blues bar whistle. So we got a little bit of exposure and experience with doing these plays. And then um, the last part of what we were saying we wanted to do, we were finally able to be in a couple of movies. And so we've done a movie, The Rings That Bind Us, and it's already out uh, on Amazon uh, Prime and something else she told us, and I forgot. Um, but we did a short movie uh, called The Bones, the, it's oh, the, the Flesh and Bones. Flesh and, bone. um, and then we've done a movie, a Christmas movie called A Miracle Christmas. So we've gotten three movies under our belts now. Not, not blockbusters, but three movies under our belts. And, and there's still more to come. I believe there's still more to come. Wow. So how does acting differ from, you know, performing, do you think, uh, music? It, it's 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 mixed in there all. It's all the same. Take yeah. two and take three. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing it live, you don't have no takes. It's just you better get it right the first time. But uh, you do have a chance to to make things right when you're doing the movies, yeah. you got a, a different takes. Well, you know, I'm not busy, I'm close to that. Oh, hip and lower. I'm close to that. And then, and then the, the producers and directors are amazing in these movies as well, you know, giving you guidance on how to do things and how to make things work. That's an amazing job. Man. And you're able to do that from Dallas or you have to travel to do those things? Well, we, we start here and we have to travel, like we have to travel with the with the, 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 oh, she's talking about the, the movies. The productions. Yeah, we were able to do some of the movies. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, we've been able to do it. Yeah. Here. For the most part. 
Wow. Did you ever imagine that you'd be on stage acting or in front of a camera doing that? Uh, yeah, we hoped. <laughs> we definitely hoped. <laughs> we hoped. But um, to for it to actually come to fruition was an amazing and awesome moment. Yeah. It, is, it is when it happens because, you know, it's like yet going on. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. You know, Thank part you. of chapter to your amazing career. Thank um, you. If if somebody asked you now, YMP, what makes the, the sound distinctive or identifiable? What would you say? About YMP? What makes our sound distinctive? It it we'll hurry up and get something out. You won't be able to say no. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a uh, driving, sexy, funky bass line to our, our grooves. For, for, for instance, we have the uh, Solid by Astrid and Simpson. We've recorded, we redid it. And it's just, you can tell the stuff by the bass line, by the yeah, that that bass, that intense bass, continues to follow us. And then, of course, <laughs> and then, of course, the voice of an angel, helping Jesus, helps us out a whole lot, right up front. When Jesus, we put her on there. So, um, hey, that's what it is. You know, and, and, I, and I'd like to add that Caven's back, the original background in um, in in doing pop and all the stuff that he was doing mixed in with the gospel sound of what I was doing, because while he was with them, I was doing gospel in the church. And I think it's a combination of those two together that, that makes our sound actually, because he has a funk pop rock kind of thing I got gospel. With, 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 no, I'm talking about your sound. <laughs> sound. His sound is that, and then mine is gospel. And I think it's the two of those mixed together that makes yeah. that sound. Honestly. Yeah, well, when, when the church meets a groove, that's about as good as it gets, you know? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I really think so. Because when you think about the, the even the way that uh, Polina played the 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 so you know it, it's almost a gospel thing but it's also a, a an island an island kind of uh and a hispanic kind of of thing right oh, there yeah. so i think it's those those different things combined together versus just one one sound that makes it what it is if it was if it was a bass it would be that and so if you listen to a lot of uh everything that they're playing nowadays yeah. has that beat dumb commercial everybody has it, you know but you can't copyright a beat but that's the that is that is um one of our songs that we have on our new CD 
is to simply call the bee. And you'll get plenty of it. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when will we get plenty of it? Well, you know what? We're doing it ourselves, and that's what's taking so that's long to get the, it done. Cause the it, launching is. Yeah. It's, it's like you get a little bit of money, you go in and you take care of one song, and you come back and say, okay, now let's go get some more money so we can do this next one. And so that's what's taking so long is we're doing it ourselves. And then and then there's the other the other part, man. Boogie over on people's pride. Everybody knows that and it's all good. And it's but we had a record out, you know, that's been pushed in some years. So we we have to our new launching is gonna have to be like we've been here all the time. Well, yeah, we gotta get some backers. We gotta get somebody to push us. It's gonna it's like we've been here all the time. You didn't know, you know, that kind of or and that that tribute to Ashwin Simpson is on there too, by the way. Yeah. Solid. Okay. Well, yeah. I look forward to it. I think uh, everyone watching and listening to this is gonna very much look forward to that. How can they how can they stay, you know, dialed in and kind of you know know when it may be coming? www.yarbroughandandpeoples.net. That's our website. Yep. And we're also Yarbrough. Well, each one of us is uh, like Alisa Peoples on Facebook, Caven Yarbrough on Facebook. Um, and we answer our. And we're also <laughs> YMP81 um, on, uh, what is it, Twitter? Instagram. Instagram. So we're there. You got the bases covered. Um, yeah. Uh, did you guys ever tour with uh, SOS Band? We did some dates did some with dates them. With we didn't actually do tours, but we did dates. And that was before Mary uh, got sick. And okay. it, we would do a little thing like uh, people would always try to make us be competition with each other. So when I walk, when we walk out on the stage, we did this little thing where we were doing a competitive move and then we end up hugging each other and it was pretty cool that is cool i was just curious on that one because you guys were both just masters of that sort of mid-tempo funky thing the female <laughs> vocal prominent you know so it's a good, yeah, good that was good, a jimmy jam terry lewis man i tell you um that was another uh and then then you know what happened was we had the, the kind of beat, but then Sagiti took it to us so so long. Mm -hmm. He took it to the but but Jimmy and and and, and Jimmy and Terry came to the total came to, to do something yeah. with us, and Lonnie uh, Lonnie Simmons wouldn't let us do it, uh -huh. and he was he was it was like he brought us in front of them, but he was like telling us, "You better say no. You better say no." But Dick Griffey would say yes and then they take that beat jimmy and terry came to town that was when they broke up and they said we got we got your next production on y'all we get we got it Lonnie Lonnie would not let no. us do it because they wouldn't give him all of the publishing yeah. so he made it he made us look like the the culprits there but we love jimmy jam and <laughs> David, what's your favorite uh, funk record? Ask me my favorite funk record. Lord have mercy. I'm the wrong person to ask that question to. 
I, I'm not sly and that era. I'm like a sly stone. Uh, of course, I told you Stevie. First, Stevie every time. But my folk record, and see, see, he has so many varieties. Oh, you know, like uh, the Asley brothers, they did a lot of funk back in the day, too. They, they yeah. were in my mind. I was thinking Chris Jasper might be someone that you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. They did. Yeah. Some, I remember being in college and, and, and going across the campus walking and Isley Brothers is all over the place. I remember. Yes, that's 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 that fun. was my fun. I was a there's one of files. That they can still they still got songs that move me on there. But, uh, yeah, Larry Dunn on the keys on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, I got you. So uh wrapping this up, uh are you guys uh you know, still doing shows, you're touring. How can people keep up with that on the website too? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, we try to keep it up to date with what we're doing. We'll be out in uh, in Los in California in October. Uh, we've got dates coming up, so yes, please check that website, and uh, that we'll keep you informed of of what we're doing. We're also writing a book. And it's called When the Music Stops. <laughs> so you will, we will be talking about those times when when you didn't hear us, what was going on, you know, in our lives. In, when the music stopped. When the music stopped in our lives. And it wasn't necessarily the music that you hear on the radio. It was actually the music of our lives. Hmm. All right. So you think uh, 2024, 2025, the book might have Yes, sir. Absolutely. I think okay. that early 2025 is when you're going to hear it. All right. Fantastic. Wow. Well, Elisa and uh, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing oh all this. Thank thing. you. And thank you for your patience with getting us. See, yeah. my favorite funk record. I've got George Clinton. I've got, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. I know you remember those. Of course. I'm a Huge P Funk oh, fan. I don't know if you can see back there that gold record is Mothership Connection. Woo! Yeah, I should turn I gotta turn it around so you can see our some of our little um I'm gonna I turn it think. Yeah. Let me see here. Yeah, I get the little tour now. Yeah, just a few of them. Um Dawn Silva just did a new book and um it's called The Funk Queen. I got and it. Yeah. Have you read it? Have us, you read it? I read some of it. I'm in there. Me and Kevin are in there. I was like, yay. And it's good stuff, too. I got a better sense of uh, what interesting perspective on Charlie reading that book. Oh, my. Did you read it? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the No Way Out album or, or CD that Puff Daddy did. Ah. It's so it's so seven million. Wow. This is stuff like Black Radio Magazine, Jet Magazine, and that is the um, the Heartbeats uh, Heart That's, Shape record. Yeah. <laughs> and then even Alicia Keys when they did uh, it's called Gangster Loving. So these are this is just one of our little rooms with little accolades that we have in here 
from our career and going on stage and stuff. Did I see, did I show you now? Beautiful. Wow. Thank you for that. And, uh, on behalf of all the viewers and listeners and fans everywhere, thank you so much for all the music over the years. God bless you all. Bless and, you. and thank you all for the support down through the years. We couldn't do it without it you. Lasted without you. Never could we. And thank you so very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also much gratitude to pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkinstuff.net, buying everything is on the one the first guy to funk book at amazon shopping at the funky things store for cool merchandise at funkinstuff.net and linking through funkinstuff.net for all of your amazon purchases in addition if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results-oriented professional marketing pr writing or editing consultation or production check out the media services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing on to the rhythm of the one.